0: Hey everyone, I'm Phil Albertelli and this is The Week in Doubt, a podcast for atheists, agnostics, and of course, whoever. Before we begin, I'd like to give a big shout out to all those people who have recently liked The Week in Doubt Facebook page. It was pretty wild. I haven't been that active on social media lately, so it came as a surprise. I think the last time I had previously looked, the show had about 460-something Facebook likes. And then I looked yesterday, and all of a sudden I had 499, I think it was, probably too many to shout out individually on one episode. But thank you, everyone. It's much appreciated. I don't know if maybe a fellow podcaster or a larger creator shouted me out, which sometimes happens, but I'm very grateful for the additional likes. And my not being active on social media shouldn't be taken as a sign that I've become disinterested. As I think I've mentioned before, when I'm working on content, whether it's the audio-only podcast or putting together the YouTube version, I often engage in radio silence until the uh, task at hand is done. But I have been making a conscious effort to be more present on social media again. And to that end, I've been trying to get caught up on the kind of unanswered backlog of correspondence from friends and listeners. I used to be that guy that would get back to someone almost immediately, whether they be, you know, a personal friend or a listener, just taking the time to reach out to me. And I'm trying to get back in that habit. I think life is probably pretty hectic for most people, but the longer you put off getting back to someone, the worse you feel, you know, just taking a brief moment to interact with or respond to someone will probably make you and them feel better. Was this a PSA? Anyway, um, you know, it's one thing off your checklist, and you'll probably also find that you actually enjoyed the interaction. Uh, where social creatures, I think even online interactions, well, at least the positive ones, I'm not talking about pissing matches on Twitter or whatever, but I think they can give you kind of a nice little endorphin boost and kind of make you feel more connected to the world and others. But now that the niceties are over, let's move on to one of the most bizarre And disturbing stories I've ever covered. And uh, not disturbing in the sense that someone was hurt or violated or something like that, but just disturbing in how gross it is. And I was actually on the fence. I didn't even know if I should cover the story because of how revolting it is. And usually, you know, if there's video available, I like to include it in the YouTube version of the show. But I might forego that this time because even though I usually have a pretty strong stomach. I couldn't even bring myself to watch the whole video. And so at this point, you might be thinking, holy crap, and the word crap will prove relevant. But you know, you might be wondering, what is it that grossed you out so much? Pink Sock? Dirty Sanchez? What's going on? Well, a pastor named Dan Burgoyne of the Rolling Hills Covenant Church in California thought it would be a good idea to bring a little prop with him to his sermon. An instructional device, if you will. What was it? A lump of dog crap. Yes, real dog crap. Which he uh, proceeded to smush and handle with his bare hands. Apparently to try to teach some point about the nature of sin. And so this story's been making the rounds, but uh, since I feel kind of at home at Hemant made his friendly atheist, I guess I'll, you know I'll read his take on it a bit. And so, it's dated July 22nd, and it's by Hemant himself, and it's entitled, This Pastor Stuck His Hands in Dog Poop to Make Some Weird Point About Sin. And poop's like a weird word, you know, like, um, you kind of feel cringy just saying it because it's kind of childish. And it's funny, I have this female friend, uh, actually one of my best friends, we're really close, and, uh... We were in a Facebook group together, and I think she was just kind of exercising her irreverent humor or whatever, but uncharacteristically, I used the word poopy. And I'm giving myself the douche chills just saying it now. And she's like, if you say poopy one more time, she's like, I'm leaving the group. And so I, s- I made up some kind of uh, thing with a lot of alliteration with the word poopy in it. And she left the group. I called her bluff and it turns out she wasn't kidding around. But no worries, we're still friends. In fact, we just Zoomed like a, uh, a week or two ago. It was the first time I actually drank in a while. I uh, threw back a couple of uh, hard ciders. Did I just bump my mic? Apologies. Anyway, I'm not going to edit that out. I'm just going to soldier on. But anyway, so it begins... If I ever wanted to convince people why they shouldn't go to church, sure, I could point them to a book written by an atheist or a debate on God's existence, but maybe I should just point them to this video from Pastor Dan Burgoyne of Rolling Hills Covenant Church in California. During a sermon earlier this month, he literally covered his hands in dog shit to make a point about sin in, a uh, pardon my French, or uh, Hemond's French, and technically that's just a saying. I don't think shit is actually French. It sounds more Germanic or English. Probably didn't need to add that caveat, but hey, you know me. But it continues, and here it's quoting the pastor, I believe. So let's see if I can assume the role of a uh, of a fundamentalist pastor here. Here we go. So do you know what God equates as sin in the Bible? He equates poop, filth in the Bible. No, this is not a brownie. No, this is not a Snickers bar. I own two Bull Mastiffs in my life. This is Great Dane. Okay, and so that's where the first time I heard this, or you know, I was listening to the uh, to the video and kind of watching through one eye. And at this point, I already had questions. So he's kind of bragging that he's got two Bull Mastiffs in his life, and yet he specifies the dog crap came from a Great Dane. How did he come about this this dog crap? And unless you're disposing of it or cleaning up after your own dog, you know, you shouldn't be messing with dog crap anyway. But if he was going to use, uh, you know some dog crap as a little show-and-tell thing for a sermon. Why not use his own dog's crap? But at this point, we're literally dealing with a guy who's playing with dog shit in front of a room full of people. Maybe uh, we shouldn't be expecting uh, too much rational behavior or whatever. Uh, Anyway, so (laughs) it continues. Do you know how God sees? Now, this is important. Psalm 141, 2 May my prayer be set before you like what? Like incense. May the lifting of my hands be like the evening sacrifices. Your sin, God says, has hidden my face from you so that I will not hear. So when you come in and you're saying, God, the gods of my life compete with who you are, but I'm declaring that I belong to you, God says, this is what I see. And so here, you know, in brackets, it says sticks, hands, and poop. And what I see comes up like incense before me. And what's going on in your soul, I can see in ways nobody else can see. And so you know what you say? Oh God, creating me a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit and cast me not from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And you got chunks coming off your thumb. And God is saying, What do you want? Do you want me? Now God's got a southern accent too. Or do you want you? And uh, the ch- the ch- yeah, he describes, You got chunks coming off your thumb. Too much, man. Too much. And this brought to mind for me something that I've wrestled with for a long time, you know, trying to reconcile this kind of fractured or divided view of religion that I have. On the one hand, I have this sincere, lifelong interest in religion. I find the different beliefs fascinating. I love studying the history of religion. But on the other hand, you know, like I think I often say, you know... Religion doesn't really become ugly until people really insist on a strict literal interpretation. And I think that's when you really get the intolerance, the superstition, and as illustrated with this case, sometimes just the absolute absurdity. And I just went back and watched it because I wanted to see if I could snag the embedded audio from the Patheos article. And so I'm sitting there watching it, I forgot to mention that it begins before he actually picks it up and plays with it. He has this mound of excrement on what appears to be a silver platter on a table next to him. No, this is not a brownie. No, this is not Snickers bar. I own two masters in my life. This is great dane. I'm like, yeah, I think we can tell it's not a brownie. There's this ragged, sickly, greenish-brown (laughs) mass on a platter next to you. I'm thinking that dog might need to see a vet. But on that note, I think I'm going to call this one a wrap. I know it was pretty short, but I just wanted to make sure that I got something new out there for you guys. I meant to release an episode yesterday. I'm recording this on a Monday night, so a day late, but hopefully you guys still enjoy it. All right, and uh, you guys know the drill. You can like the Facebook page. You can follow me on Twitter, even though I'm not that active on there. Uh, you can check out the YouTube channel. Maybe you're doing that now. If you'd like to support the show monetarily, you can go to Patreon.com slash The Out and help support what I do here for as little as 99 cents a month. All right, brothers and sisters, until next time. No, this is not a brownie.